29, verse 25, uh, stuck out to me. And the reason it was, was uh, I had been listening to a short video um, from Tucker Carlson. And he was talking about a new Homeland Security wing. I'm sure you've heard about this. But we are, there is now a wing of Homeland Security called the Disinformation Board. And uh, they just started this. Now, I, I do believe they're fighting it. I don't know if it's going to stand. But the Disinformation Board is to protect us from disinformation. What they deem as disinformation. So it is what they don't like. They're going to be watching social media uh, we are live streamed, so if I say something that is controversial, they deem dangerous. Myorcus said that if they deem it dangerous, they can come to your house and at least question you. Now, to me, this is the end of the First Amendment. We've just lost our freedom of speech. If they can't get this stopped, and what is it's one of our our most basic rights as Americans is the freedom of speech. Maybe the most important right is the freedom of discourse that we can have differing opinions and talk back and forth. And I was, uh, as I was listening to this, I start getting a little bit nervous, <laughs> naturally. I, I start to wonder, okay, how do, we, how do we handle this? I'm not really on social media. I don't post on social media. I have Facebook Messenger. I talk back and forth. Well, that's social media to extent. They can see those things. My brother and I get to talk and we say something that is considered dangerous, politically incorrect. What's going to happen? If I say something that is from the Word of God that is politically incorrect, what is going to happen? And so I was letting these thoughts roll through my mind and we sat down at the breakfast table and we read Proverbs chapter 29. And verse 25 says, The fear of man bringeth a snare. And I hit me. I'm letting this idea be a snare. The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Pretty simple. I, I was looking at that and I stopped and we talked about it at the, at the breakfast table. I told the kids, what is a snare? Or ask them, what is a snare? It's any kind of a trap. Anything that impedes me from doing what I should be doing. Well, if I start looking at what the government's doing and I start getting nervous about those things, it's going to come back, back on me if I say that the Bible says homosexuality is a sin. It's wrong. Well, if I get scared of those things, I'm in a snare and I'm limited in what I can do. So I was just considering what, what happens when we face these fears and the Bible has much to say about fear, and we're not going to see it all tonight. I just have a couple um, passages. But as I was contemplating on that, that gave me so much strength that day that whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. I have to be reminded, <laughs> my family is safe. It, it's amazing to me to, to look at the world around us, and you, you see from the worldly perspective that, that you almost have to be insane to raise kids conservative, with, with values, homeschool them. If you just look at it from a worldly perspective, it is a dangerous thing to do. They look at us as the enemy. 
We are teaching our children things that they say is toxic. And so if I look at it that way, it's, it's frightening to me that they could come and take my children. But what's the Bible just said? He who putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. So the government, as big as it may be, and it gets bigger and bigger all the time, cannot do anything to that verse right there. We, we have to be reminded, I have to be reminded over and over and over, fear is sin. Fear is a lack of faith. Anytime I have fear, what's it say? It is a snare. The fear of man is a snare. I, I was just thinking about two things in respect to the fear of man tonight. Um, one being peer pressure. Peer pressure is, a, is something that we all face. I was, I was looking at it. Peer pressure, we, we, a lot of times we want to place that into high school, right? Or junior high. There's intense pre- peer pressure when you're a young person. You, you've all faced it. We all did. You've got to try to meet up to what's going on. You've got you to be as cool as that guy or have the clothes that that person's wearing. Many times be as crude and rude as that person. Peer pressure becomes pretty intense in school, but then in work, it is an issue as well. What about peer pressure at work? It, it still amazes me to go and work in, in the world among unsaved and, and to see how hard they will work to get you to do something that is not right. No matter how small. The pressure is there every single day. You want to you wanna, uh, go out with us tonight? How, uh, how about tonight? You want to go out tonight? We're going to go watch the game down at the sports bar. All right, well, fine, be stuck up. Next day, next day, there, the pressure is always there. The pressure is always there in our family as well. There's great peer pressure in, in the family dynamic. And consider what you faced growing up. I don't know your families all real well, but I do know that there's some in the family that's going to try and pull you away. Go with me to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. Thirty-five through forty-three is what we're going to read. Thirty-five through forty-three. Thirty-five says, Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While ye have light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus, and departed, and hid himself from them. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not in him. That the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report, and to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe, because that Isaiah said again, He hath blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, that they should not see with their eyes, nor understand with their hearts, and be converted, and I should heal them. These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory, and spake of him. Nevertheless, so we see that there's lots of men who rejected Christ, 
Then it says here, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. If there ever comes a point in my life that I am seeking the praise of men more than the praise of God, I will compromise in every way. This church would change if we start looking for the praise of men over the praise of God. We can throw off all of our standards if we're just going to try to fill in the pews. Peer pressure. It's around. It, it, it's in so many different ways. <laughs> I'll confess, at the men's advance, I feel a little peer pressure. As a pastor, when you, and it's my own fleshly jealousy, when you, when you look at other churches, and Bible Baptist Church says, Men be dismissed to go and set up the, the, uh, the tables for a meal. And 40, 50 men stand up and leave. Like, wow. That's amazing. What do we have to do to get 40, 50 men in here? It's the praise of men over the praise of God. Now, I would love to see the church grow. Please don't get me wrong. But I hope it's never for the praise of men that I'm not lifted up or that this church is not lifted up that we're, not, that we're not giving in to some kind of peer pressure. It's the fear of man. Bringeth the snare. I start giving in to what they want. I've stepped into a trap. Peer pressure is a snare. So is intimidation. Intimidation is, is what our government is trying right now. They may step up. I, I believe they will step up what their, their tactics as time goes on. We, we may come to the point of Real persecution, we have not to this point. But right now it's intimidation, the threat of it. As I watched that video and I thought, there's a threat against conservative values. They don't like anything we, th- we say. It's intimidation. Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. <coughs> 24 through 28. <coughs> Excuse me. Verse 24, the disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master, and the servants, a servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? Fear them not, therefore. There is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness that speak ye in the light, and what you hear in the ear that preach ye upon the housetop, he said, listen, don't, don't hesitate to tell the truth. What I tell you in darkness, speak in the light. Be bold about it. Verse 28, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. I read this verse and it's not, the soul and body in hell is not me. Satan has no grip on me anymore. He can't put me there. But he can put everyone outside these walls there. And so I should fear that. Enough that if they come and destroy this earthly body, so what? If God allows it, it's His will. 
Stonewall Jackson's statement is so great. The Confederates, or the Union bullet does not determine when I die. God has a set time when I will die. And until then, those bullets cannot hit me. That's a paraphrase. But he believed that God was sovereign. He said, fear them not, therefore. Fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. They can torture us. They can do whatever. They can't take away our salvation. I have a job to do then, to be that, wo- that one that speaks in the light and preaches upon the housetops. I've never been a street preacher. I've never done that. And uh, in high school, they used to talk about us going out and street preaching. And I was like, hey, <laughs> no, <laughs> never going to happen. I'm not doing that. Why? Because I was afraid of man. I didn't want to stand out there and look like a fool. I was intimidated by it. The things that I knew, I was supposed to go out and tell. But I said, no, I'm not going to look like a, a crazy person out there and preach. I don't know how effective street preaching is anymore in America. I don't think it's necessary to make ourselves look foolish. That's, that's a mark against the name of Christ. But we cannot cower to the world in any way. 1 Samuel chapter 17. Twenty three through twenty six. <clears throat> it's every little boy's favorite story in the Bible, I, I think. Or right up there. Because we all want to be David and we all want to kill Goliath, and I still love the story. We see that we see the whole army of Israel fleeing from a man. And I don't know what I would have done in that situation, but it's, it's pathetic and sad to see what they do. Verse 23 says, And he's, as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. The entire army of Israel fled from one man. It, it doesn't add up. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel he has come up. And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? There's only one person in all, the whole army of Israel, and he's not even a soldier, that said, who is that person to defy our, the army of the living God? As defiant as Goliath was towards the army, David was just as much back. Who is he? Can we look at the world that way? What is the American government to defy the army of the living God? Says David then, when he was ready to go. I have it in my other Bible. I need to do it in this one. I have the word ran circled every time in this story. So David, when David's father told him to do, go, Jesse said, go take this report to your brothers or get a report from your brothers. He ran there. 
he saw the Philistine and, and he talked to Saul and Saul put his great big army or armor on him and he said, I can't fight in this. And he took it off and he ran to the brook and he got the stones and then he ran to the giant. That's an amazing story to me. I don't know how old David was. But he, did, he saw that God was in control and this nine foot tall, 475 some odd pound person with a... With a Weaver's beam for a, for a uh, spear. Just this massive man standing out there and the greatest of the Philistines. He was intimidating. I'm not saying it wasn't scary. But David said, this, this is a person and he's defying God. And so he ran to him. And he took that one little stone and it went... God guided that stone and, and must have been like a bullet. I don't think he had to cut his head off to kill him. I believe the stone killed him. Because he, he trusted in God, he was not intimidated by this while the rest of the army fled. And I've, I've always wondered, what would I have done? What would I have done if I am in the army of Israel? Mob mentality ruled. They were all, one person panicked and it spread throughout the, the, the army and they, and they were completely defeated mentally until the giant was dead and then they all got their, got their act together and defeated the Philistines. Intimidation. While Israel fled away, David, David ran towards them. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 54. I don't have the passage written down. This isn't in my notes. I was just thinking, I love the men that were defiant. <laughs> like the three, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When, when they're standing before the king and he says, recant or we're going to throw you into that fire. They see the furnace stand there. And from what we can find out, they're somewhere from 15 to 18 years old. That's, the, that's what we think. Well, whoever we are. And they look at the king and they say, oh, we don't have to be careful in our answer. I don't have to stop and consider what I'm doing here. I'm not going to follow your orders. I'm not bowing to your idol. I don't need to consider this. I know what I'm doing in my life. I'm not intimidated by your fire. So throw me in there and burn me alive if that's what's going to happen. But the Lord may save me out of that. He's in control, not you. And then they didn't blink. They didn't blink. That's the way I want to live my life. When, when the enemy comes, I'm like, nope, God is greater. I don't have to be careful in this answer. David didn't one time hesitate to go and fight Goliath. He said, let's go. Let me have him. Not because he was anything great, but he trusted the Lord. Those stories are so incredible to me. They, they throw the, soldier, or the soldiers throw those three men in there, burn the ropes off of them, and they come out without a hair singed and without the smell of smoke on their garment. <laughs> Rejoicing in the Lord. Just saw a great victory that's going to go down for history. 
Because they trusted the Lord. So I, I hear things that go on in our government, and what's my response? Do I run to, this, to the brook and pick up a stone and say, my God's greater. Let's go. I can fight for Him. I don't have to, I don't have to be careful. Oh, President, in my answer, I know what I'm going to do. Isaiah chapter 54, 16 and 17 says, Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire, and that bringeth forth an instrument for his work, and I have created the waster to destroy. Verse 17, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servant of the Lord, and their righteousnesses Righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. This is the heritage of the children of the servant of the Lord. Are you a servant of the Lord? Then it says, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. So we can be David. Or we can be Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We can be, we can be Daniel. And when the, when the rule came out that they couldn't pray, he goes and opens his window and he prays like he did aforetime. Nothing changed in his life. He didn't have to think about it. He said, my God is greater. They were, they were under captivity of the greatest kingdom in the world at the time, the most powerful ruling body in the world. Just been, they're been led captive, and now they're subject to this, to this ruling body. And they look at it and they say, nope, I don't have to be careful here. I'm not hesitating in my walk with God. So, the fear of man bringeth a snare. But he that trusteth the Lord putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. It's a simple little verse, but we have to cling to it. Trust in the Lord. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't care what's going to happen in our government. I do, but I'm not going to sit and fret and worry about it. It's not my, it's not my, in my area of influence. What I can do is say, as for me and my house, will serve the Lord. When Goliath comes, with God's help, I'm going to pick up the stone and I'm going to run. And I'm going to trust the Lord to win the battle. Fear of man is a snare. Let's pray. Father, thank You for loving us. Thank You, Lord, that You promise to never leave us nor forsake us. You said that, that our heritage is to be under your protection. Lord, the heritage of the servant of God is that you are going to protect us, you're going to use us, and Lord, you will give us the victory when we walk in faith. Give us strength this week. Give us boldness, Father, not to, not to back up an inch, but to stand for you and to, and to be a soldier, uh, Lord, in your strength. Be with Lee, Lord, as they, as they uh, 
go down Tuesday. Father, just work there mightily. We ask that, that your will, be, would, will, will would be done. But Father, as well, that you would give uh, relief from the pain. And Lord, the doctors will make proper diagnosis and, and uh, have a proper plan moving forward. Thank you that you are in control of all things, Lord. In Christ's name we pray, amen.